But you know, we're to seek God's face every day. Every day. Every day. And if you, we wonder, if we ask ourselves, well, how do I seek God's face? Or sometimes, sometimes we, we equate that to uh, reading our Bible or just generically being a Christian means to seek God's face. I, I, don't, I don't believe that. I mean that when I believe that when God says to, to seek his face, he means to seek his face. And, I, and I'll tell you, it comes down to changing your mindset that everything that you read about Christ and everything that you read that, that, that Christ said and, and, and every one of the parables that Christ gave us and the actions that, that Jesus Christ gave us was actually the word of God. The actual word of God made into flesh uh, uh, did these things, said these things. Uh, taught these things and and so so when we're to seek god's face jesus said repeatedly if you've seen me you've seen the father right and so if you want to see the father's face if you want to see the father's face then what you should look for is you should look for jesus because if i've seen him if i've seen his face then I've seen the Father's face, right? Um, and so, how how I, how I can best see the face of Jesus Christ is in His Word, and when and when we read His Word, we can seek His face. We can seek His face and understanding of 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 His fate features, of His expressions, of His reactions to to everything, to our thoughts, to our deeds, to, to our actions, to, to, to whatever it is that we're doing. It's all there. It, it really truly is there. Yes, it is. And, and the word of God, if you seek, if you seek it, diligently seek his face every day, the word of God will come alive for you. Will come alive for you. And you will begin to put together the the picture, the the understanding uh, of, of who our Lord is and, and what he's done for you and how he is all around you and how you're never alone and how he's in you and how he's with you, how much he loves you. That's right. Let's uh, let's say our prayers. Father, thank you for this opportunity to read your word together as a family to oh, just to go deeper, Lord. And, and as I was uh, telling the family earlier, we, 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 we beseech you, Lord, show us your face. Show us your face in your word as we read your word tonight. Please reveal your face to us. Let us let us see you eye to eye. Let us feel your breath on our face. As we read your word tonight, I ask that you would open up our spiritual eyes, that you would give us revelation of your word, that you would blow us away. Then you would just amaze us, Lord. That you would fill us with your power, that you would surround us with your presence. 
And I ask that every evil force that would seek to take away, to distract, to stop us from receiving that revelation, from seeing your face, from from getting a glimpse through the veil, that it would be bound up and silenced in your name. And it is in your name, Lord, that we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. All right. For those of you that just logged on, we are in First John chapter 4. First John chapter 4. Beloved, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is a spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now, already, it is in the world. So what do we say about this? You can, these are the ways that you can recognize the spirit of God. The Spirit of God will never deny Jesus Christ. Never. And let's 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 push away the confusion. So we ask ourselves, well, how do I know the Spirit? How do I hear the Spirit? Well, let me tell you, as a believer, if you're diligently seeking the voice of God, if you're diligently seeking God speaking to you, when you hearken to those words, you will. I'm not saying you might. I'm not saying you might. You will hear a voice from the other side sooner or later. Yes. Sooner or later. You must test that spirit. You must test that spirit. Because let me tell you, there are many, many people who went out seeking God, diligently seeking God, and they were on the wrong path, and their heart was in the wrong place, and they had left some critical aspect of seeking God out of what they were doing. And, and a voice still answered them and said, I am God. There are religions the world over that are based on a single man who got a word from something like that. Yeah. And women, too. Believe it. So it is very important that we test every spirit, test every spirit. That isn't pointed at any one person. We have all heard from the wrong spirit. Every one of us has heard from the wrong spirit. And, and if, you, if, if you, you're wondering about that right now, let me tell you, have you ever had a thought spring into your head that you knew Satan just whispered there? That was, that was the wrong spirit. That was the wrong spirit. You are of God, little children. You have overcome them. 
because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak of the world. And the world hears them. So we are of God, and he knows God hears us. He that knoweth God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Okay, so let's back up. We're going to go back to verse 4 and let's go over this again. Let's, let's boil this down in, in terms that, that every one of us can, can understand. So in verse 4, what he's saying is, you are spiritual beings. You are spiritual beings. You've been reborn. You've accepted Jesus Christ. Inside you is a spirit. You are spiritual beings. God is a spirit. You, therefore, are God's children. And you've overcome. What have, what have you overcome? You've overcome those false prophets. You, because you found your way to God, because you've accepted Jesus Christ, because you're reading the word of God, because you're diligently seeking his face, that means you have overcome the false prophets because the whole world is full of false prophets. Many of them standing at pulpits. Many of them standing at pulpits. And their entire mission is to teach you all about godliness and lead you the opposite direction from the gates to heaven. And they will lead you straight to hell. Yeah. They will absolutely lead you straight to hell. And the shame of it is some of them are well-meaning people. They're well-meaning people. They mean the most. And some of them are downright faithful. But because they were seeking that voice and they got a wrong voice, they followed a wrong path. And in the absence of the correction and in the absence of testing their own spirit, they went and taught others. The blind leading the blind. The damned leading the damned. The dead leading more dead to the graveyard. Verse 5. They are of the world. They're of the world. They're not of God. They're not spiritual creatures. They are earthly. They're fleshly creatures. They say things that might seem religious. They do things that seem religious. They have a semblance of godliness, but they deny the power. Second Timothy. They have a semblance of godliness. They, they have rituals. They have... Uh, special prayers they pray all the time. They have songs that they sing, but there's no power. There is no supernatural at all. There's none. And if they're devoid of the supernatural, you need to question whether or not there's any God there at all. Right. At all. It's a hard thing for us to come to terms with the fact that we have been led astray. Almost every, well, certainly every Christian, every Christian that's found their way to God has been led astray by somebody at some point. Every one of us listened to somebody that was leading us straight to hell. 
But along the way, we found the truth. We found the light by God's grace. By God's grace. So verse 5 says, they're of the world, therefore they speak the language of the world. They speak in the language, the words that they use, the thoughts that they use, the ideas that they uh, propose, the uh, religiosity that they preach, the theology that they doctrine. It is, it, it, the, it, is, it is all of the world. It is of man's understanding. It is an image of God from the brain and not from the heart. And so the world hears them and the world can understand them because they're speaking the language of the world. They're speaking the language of the world. Verse six, we're of God. He that knows God hears us. So, so what does that mean? It says we're of God. So a person that's of God can understand the language we speak when we're speaking the language of God. That's right. We're talking spiritual things, and a spiritual person will understand what we're saying. When we're using references from God's word and speaking spiritual things, a spiritual person, a Christian person, will say, that's right. I got that. I understand that. It's going to look up with them in their heart. Why? Because two chapters ago we read, you know the truth. I don't write to you. He said, I'm not writing to you because you don't know the truth. I'm writing to you because you know the truth. That's right. Because you have an anointing. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And the Holy Spirit is there to teach you and show you what the truth is if you'll just listen to the Holy Spirit. You don't need that any man should teach you. Now, don't get me wrong. Some people use that as an excuse not to sit under anybody and learn. That's not true. That's not right. And that's not what that's saying. No. What that is saying is, you don't need any man to teach you what the truth is. All you have to do is ask Holy Spirit. Can I ask a question? Sure. Uh, since all your cases, um, I don't know last night or the night before, chapter 3. Verse 12, do not be like Cain, who was from the evil one and murdered his brother. Yep. And why did he not murder him? Because his deeds were evil, while his brothers were righteous. Yep. And now, I know that you had postulated some time ago that the first two sons of Eve did, were not Adam's. Yes. Um, but if if Abel was doing righteous things and pleased God, he he could not have been Satan's spawn. Yes. So, but but Cain was. Do you yes. still agree with that? I do. So the world was populated by people that did not have <clears throat> did, that didn't have the image of God imprinted on them or or had just half of an image what 
Well, we also had 200 watchers who were um, lusting after women on the earth. They all, as one, came down and committed a sin against heaven and went and took all the women that they wanted and, and took on the, the forms <laughs> here here on the earth. But But we don't know what happened prior to that. So there could have been another lace and we don't know. All we know is that is that that after Abel is slu- is, is is killed <laughs> actually several years later we see that Genesis says that that uh, that Adam knew his wife that he 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 laid with her and he had a child after his own image. Yes. Okay, I just wondered if that connected to here where it says you are from God. But there are others that are not from God. Yes, and, and, I'm, and I'll tell you what I think because, you know, I can answer that, but my, but my answer is supposition based on my studies. Okay. I, I can't. Okay, so my, my supposition is this, that that Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel were in a spiritual place. They were in a spiritual, they were in a place that was halfway between the world and heaven, the garden of Eden. And, and that they were not bound by these fleshly bodies. I believe that they were still wearing their glorified bodies. I believe they were still wearing the Oikotarian that the watchers mm-hmm. threw away. I, I believe they were still wearing the glorified bodies that, 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 that God also created. Okay. Um, and, and, and I believe that when they took on the sin after they ate from the tree, that taking on that sin caused that oikotarian to become these, these prisons, these fleshly bodies that die. The oikotarian doesn't die. Yes. I I believe that before they ate that fruit, fruit they had bodies that were designed to live forever. That they that they they were not under under any any uh, uh, situation where they would have died from old age. I don't think they would have even gotten old. I believe that. I believe they had eternal bodies in the Garden of Eden. And and that, that when they ate that fruit, their bodies became corruption, became flesh. They started deteriorating. Yes. And, and if you look at the next um, five or six generations, you can see that the, that the children, the offspring, also lived long lives. But they, they were all, except for Methuselah, they were all progressively less and less lengthy lives. Yes. It, it's almost like their eternal life that they had was now had a time limit on it. And as it got further and further away from Adam, that time limit shortened. Yeah. Or became watered yes. down. Genetically. That's my supposition on that.
but but I'll also say this. If you read um, and I'm and I I don't I like when I quote the Apocrypha, I don't mind quoting Apocrypha. That is uh, books that are that are mentioned in other books that are still in the Bible. Yes. Yeah. If if it Um, was in Jesus's Bible, I'm good with it. Yeah, um, but I'm I'll, I'm going to I'm going to quote something that is. Uh, okay, so the book of Jasher is mentioned in three other places in our current Bible right now. The book of Jasher quotes in two places from the book of Adam and Eve, and in the book of Adam and Eve, and in the book of Jasher, there is a description of what Adam went through after his fall when he ate the fruit in the garden of eden and 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 he discovered that he was hungry he he was wondering why he had to eat he was uh distraught by the fact that he had to defecate and urinate he was uh he was crying out to god for months because he could no longer see into the heavenly places his eyes could only see what was around him. Um, and he could no longer hear the singing in heaven. Mm. He could only hear what was around him. So I find all that very interesting. I'm not going to say that it that it is that I take it uh, on the same level of merit with God's word. But but strictly from a from a study that book was uh, one of the apocryphal books that was that was well known to every christian uh, up until the 1600s um and so be that you know take that for what you will take that for what you will is is what i'm saying don't don't uh, don't sell the farm and hang everything on it because it could just be a pretty story that's thousands of years old, mm-hmm. but it has a ring of truth to me. And that's all I'm saying. Well, all the women and everything that people started marrying had to come from somewhere. Yes. Well, we, we know that Cain took one of his sisters. One of his sisters departed with him. Yeah, uh, it's not in the King James Version. It's not, but it is in um, it, it is in uh, Jasher. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. As far yeah. as the King James Version, all that part's left out. Yeah, yeah. Well, when they when they whacked a lot of things out of the uh, King James, they they actually took the, the rationale of the Catholic Church for a lot of the what they called the apocryphal books to be removed from the current King James Version that we have now is that if the book taught you about Satan, they wanted it out of the Bible. Okay. They didn't want us to know about Satan. Yeah. So 400 years later, without knowing our enemy at all, and having no, um, no, nothing, nothing for most Christians to, to ever be taught about our enemy. We're at completely at our enemy's mercy for large part. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, 
So verse 6, we are of God. He that knows God can understand what we're saying. He that's not of God cannot understand what we're saying. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And, and what is he saying? He's saying if somebody has a spirit of error in them, they're not going to be able to understand what you're saying. Yeah. They're not going to be able to, when you're trying to teach them the spiritual things of God, when you're trying to lead them in the spiritual things of God, they're not going to get it. They, they just are not going to be able to receive what you're teaching. Verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not does not, love, does not know God, because God is love. That's right. In this was manifested the love of God towards us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might be able to live through him. Yeah, our life, our life that we're living, our life is immediate, is, is directly the cause or the result of the sacrifice that Jesus made. It, I look at it like this. I, I, I told my, my sons this before. Look at it like this. If you made every mistake in the world, if you broke every one of the laws in a town, let's say you went into a, a, a Muslim town, okay? And, and in this Muslim town, they ha- were practicing um, formal Islam, okay? And they had implemented the law of Islam, the, the Shiite law, in this town. And you came into this town, and you didn't have a cover on your head, and you said a few things, and, and to you, none of that seemed bad. None of that seemed bad. But... But every all through the town, as you made your way to your friend's house, you were committing over and over and over again uh, sins in their eyes that are worthy of death. And and essentially, that is what we have done with God's law. Even in the absence of knowing, we spent our lives, we spend our lives violating God's law over and over and over again. Wandering around, not caring about anybody but ourselves, going to the market, stopping here, stopping there. Everybody's appalled at us. We're completely oblivious to it. All right. But then when the mob gets together and the mob comes banging on the door and they're screaming for your life. They want you dead. They want to drag you out in the street and they want to burn you at the stake. They want to kill you. And your big brother gets up, kisses you on the cheek, and walks out the front door and tells him he's you. He tells him he's you, and he lets them have, the, have their way with him. And they drag him down the street, they beat him to death, 
and they string him up on the cross and they, they nail him to the cross and they abuse him in every way imaginable and, and, and they kill him. They kill him. If your big brother died for you like that, it would change your life. You would spend the rest of your life being good. You would spend the rest of your life trying to live up to the sacrifice that your big brother made for you. You, you would, every word that you spoke and every day that you woke up, you would live your life to honor him and to honor what he did for you. You would be a completely different person. You wouldn't be living for yourself anymore. That is exactly what happened for us. And yet so many Christians are so far away from living their life for Christ. Living their life for their big brother who died for them. Who went outside and said, I'm him. And took the beating and took the death and took the penalty for what we've done. And we should wake up every day trying to live up to that. Right. And we, we should live every moment of our lives trying to honor what he's done for us. But, but we don't. Somebody snoring? <laughs> it is me. <laughs> Somebody snoring. Me. I fell asleep, Sky. <laughs> Sorry. It's hard to preach while Not you're snoring. <laughs> Did I snore? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> that means I'm sleepy, pops. I'm very sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm old. <laughs> well, I, I've been doing that, and I, but I'm old now. But I've been doing it for years. <laughs> I'm trying to stand up. I was pre I was preaching something really good about Jesus, honey. You're snoring all through. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Pop, it's okay, right, Papa Sam? Yes, Thank it you. is. <laughs> and this guy woke me, someone snoring. Oops, that's me. I, I was dreaming. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. That's right, baby. I'm tired. I really am. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's only you guys. That was that was good. I'm sorry if it was noisy. No, it was good. <laughs> At least I'm listening. I'm trying. Yes. <laughs> okay, Scott. <laughs> Slide it. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Pops! I told you. I thought it was good. I myself. told you I wow. should turn off the cam um whatever that mic is. You're okay. You're, you're fine busted. Now. Okay, I'm awake again. <laughs> so, with the message that I, with the message that I just gave about Jesus and how we should live our life to honor what He did for us, what He sacrificed, what our big brother went out and took the beating for us. He took the the unmerciful beating for us. He took the stoning for us. He took the whip for us. He took the stabbing. He got nailed to the cross for us. 
He took all of that for us. And and verse ten, where we're gonna where we're gonna close out tonight, verse ten says, Herein is love. Yes. That's what love is. Yes. That's what love is. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us right. and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Exactly. That's what the love is. That's what the love is. If you if if if, if we can come to the realization, if we can come to the revelation of what Christ did for us, went out the door, closed the door behind him and took the onslaught of the whole world for us. Yeah. He did. If we can come to that revelation and we and we still can't find love in our hearts. How many, then, how many of us are familiar with the song Here I Am for? Oh, I, I'm very yeah, our church. Yeah. Oh, I love I'm that very, song. I love that song. Yeah. I'll never know the what it costs to see my sins nailed on that cross. That's right. So, yeah, and that's exactly. And even, and even if we were in that house and saw our big brother walk out that door, and we heard the mobs get him, yeah, and we heard the mobs drag him, and we heard the mobs assault him, we were still sitting behind that door, and we'll never know the cost. Yeah, that's hard. We'll never know. I I I do some of my worshiping of Martin listening to that. Yes, sir. Well, the floor's yours, Dad. Well, Father, we come tonight, and we thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. What a cost. We'll never know, Lord, till we get there, what it costs to see our sins nailed on that cross. And Father, tonight we come to you humbly, saying, Father, lead us in this world today, this cruel world. Father, we're many many are being led astray and where many Lord are showing their colors that they're not really of God they're antichrist and Father we thank you Lord tonight thank you Lord because you're faithful to us whether or not we're faithful to you or not you are faithful and Father thank you tonight for caring for us for giving everything that you had for our lives in order that we might have life. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for our family. Thank you, Father, for Gwen. Just pray, God, that you will uphold her, strengthen her, give her complete relief, Father, in her body, that she, Lord, will better be able to serve you. I ask the Lord to minister to Sky and Maria tonight. Just bless that home. Father, make them to know the peace of God that rules in our hearts. Above all things, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for Jacob and Raiden. Ask, Lord, your blessings over them. I pray for Tan's father that you'd minister into his heart. Draw him to yourself, Father. I pray for Aaron and Elise, Father. I ask you to bless them. And I pray for you touching John, Father. Bring complete health to his life and to his bones. Father, redeem him. Father, in your love and grace, I lift up Olive to you, Father. I thank you, Father, for her and for her interest in knowing your word, Father. Lord, we need to be have a tremendous hunger to know you, Father. 
What a what a blessing, Lord, to know you above all else. You are our God. There is no other. And we just come tonight thankful, Father, for you caring for us. I pray for our churches, Lord. Father, there's so much going on in the world today. And Father, you, you said, Lord, there'd come a time when if it were not shortened, that even the the saved be deceived, Father. And Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, because you know exactly what we can take. You know exactly where we stand. Just as you did, Job, Father, when Satan came before you. And Lord, he he told you that he he wasn't serving you for not that you gave him, put a hedge about it, Lord, protect you. But yes, Lord, thank you for that hedge. And I know, Lord, sometimes you allow the enemy to get in to to touch us. And Father, we ask you, Lord, to always give us faith, to give us hope, to give us strength, to overcome all the rulers of the darkness and power to bring us out. And we thank you, Father, for our country. We thank you, Lord, for the speech the president made yesterday. And uh, we thank you for the rally in the stock market, Father. And I give you praise, Father. I know these are monetary things, Father. But, Lord, uh, that is what we operate on here, Father. You know we have to have our means of, of living, Father. But, Lord, you're the giver. You're the blesser. And we're so thankful, Father, for all that you do. And we ask you to bless us mightily, Father. And keep us ever in your presence. And we just give you praise for all that you do. And you always, Lord, be glorified in what you do, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all be blessed. You too. Good night, friend. Love everybody. Thank you. Love you. Good night.